OTB. Probably days we were questioning maybe whether this would ever happen first. So now I know, as I said, it's special and it'll be all undone. Is the only thing if you don't get over the line next week. So um, everything now is riding on that one. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Going to turn our attention to a big story in rugby, the Owen Farrell story. And to do that, we're joined by the BBC's Chris Jones. Chris, um, this is a bit of a mad one. Um, so it appears, regardless of, of, of the ban, that Owen Farrell will be available for the Six Nations for England. So, so maybe explain to, to us what happened yesterday and, and what's going on generally with the story. Yeah, morning, guys. How's it going? Uh, good to be back on. Yeah, it, it's as always with a, a high profile disciplinary case. It's pretty contentious. So Farrell um, committed a high shot towards the end of the Saracens against Gloucester game. It wasn't picked up by the officials at the time or it was seen by the officials, wasn't acted upon for, for various technical reasons. Um, Farrell went and popped the match winning drop goal just to add to the Gloucester fans and players ire. Um, but he got cited for the, for the challenge, um, found guilty of, uh, of making contact with the head. So it comes in as a mid-range offence, which is minimum of six weeks. That then came down to four weeks. He wasn't entitled to full 50% mitigation because of his his previous ban in 2020 for a high shot. So he got four weeks, which can then be scrubbed down to three weeks if he um, completes this world rugby kind of tackle school. You know, going through some tackle technique with with, with coaches and and trying to work on on his uh, on on his tackle techniques. So he's he's looking at a three week ban if he commits that. The problem is is that it, there's then this confusion over what games that includes. It definitely includes the next two rounds of Champions Cup, and then it also includes the game against Bristol at the end of the month. But that's a game that Farrell would never play in in a month of Sundays because he's going to be in the England squad. But the fact is he hasn't been named in England squads. The past are saying we can only go off the evidence we've got which is that the England squad hasn't been named yet therefore these are the games and if he completes the tackle course it means he'll miss two Champions Cup one Premiership and be back for England against Scotland Calcutta Cup start of Feb uh, With my tinfoil hat on um, the, the fact that this ban would hypothetically end before the Six Nations begins is there a precedent for the Six Nations trying to, I guess, allow these big players and big names to be available for for the big for the big matches and, and trying to essentially make sure that they are ready and not banned for, for the opener, for example? Yeah, I don't think there's anything in that. Um, the Six Nations have nothing to do with this. Uh, there'll be cynics everywhere he'll be going. This is an RFU kind of stitch up to make sure the Farrell's back. But look, this is an independently chaired panel um, by one of the most experienced lawyers in the country, who a guy who's got no particular affiliation to England rugby and to the RFU. Um, is he going to jeopardise decades and decades of of reputation to try and get Owen Farrell to play against Scotland? I don't think there's anything like that at play whatsoever. I think it's more just an unfortunate quirk and the unfortunate reality that because of the crossover of fixtures that we know dog rugby, you know, the overlap between club and country, you have a situation where a load of England players would miss a premiership game because they'd be tucked away in camp. Um, However, you've also got a situation where the England squad hasn't been named, so the panel are just going off the evidence they have. In an ideal world, you'd love it to happen like this. The panel to ring up the England head coach and go, look, is Owen Farrell going to be in your squad on Monday? He goes, yeah, of course he is. It's Owen Farrell. The panel therefore go, 
okay, he's never going to play in that January game, the end of Jan. No England player who's in the starting 23 ever plays in that game. Ever, ever, ever. The odd player may have gone back years ago for game time. But in general, they're tucked away in camp. They never play. And in that situation, you'd go, okay, this game cannot count because Farrell wouldn't have played in it. Therefore, the third game of his ban has to be England against Scotland. That's what would happen in an ideal world. But there's lots of precedent. Carl Sinclair, Nathan Hughes, um, Joe Muller. The cases a few years ago where clubs have argued that these matches do count and clubs have argued, hold on. It's not for you to say whether he's going to be picked for England. It's not for you to say how we select our team. It's not for you to say whether Owen Farrell would be involved. So it does put the panel in a pretty invidious situation. I think rather than this being anyone's particular fault or there be someone who cynically wants Farrell involved, it's just one of those unfortunate um, quirks of, of, of rugby governance, rugby structures, which means that, that Farrell might, and it's not a done deal yet if he gets named in the England squad, there is the... The possibility the panel can go, hold on, this doesn't look right. He's got to be banned for another game, not that January one. Um, but the, at, at the time of, of speaking, the panel are going, look, here's the evidence we've got. These are the games he's banned for. And if it means he's back for England Scotland, that's more of a coincidence than any kind of, of sinister um, deliberate attempt to get the England captain or potential England captain back for the big game. And Chris, do you think that it, that it makes a mockery of the disciplinary process at all? I think where, where the disciplinary process action is, is under scrutiny is just the kind of complication of it all. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to explain here how the band's gone from six weeks or six games to three, then to four with tackle school back to three. All of these bits of mitigation, all of these aggravate, aggravating factors, time off for good behavior, time on for bad behavior, time off for good record, time off for good record. It just probably alienates the casual fan who, who, who's going, Hold on, can Owen Farrell play for England against Scotland? Yes or no? And the fact is, we think he can, but we still don't know. There is some something in the regulations that says if there's a change in circumstances, now England squad selection might not be that change of circumstances, but the panel might have a right, or the RFE disciplinary might have a right to go, hold on, Owen Farrell's been banned for four matches down to three with a tackle course. He's only going to really serve two because only missing two games he would have played in. And the RF, you do have the jurisdictions, then go, hold on, it's uh, it's a much better look if the ban actually is a proper ban that encapsulates games he would have played in. So I don't know. I don't think it's a mockery of the system in, in, in the fact that Farrell's got too lenient a ban. I don't think that's a tackle worth particularly more than three or four games. There have been a lot worse tackles, getting fewer games, are getting, you know, you, you could have a long conversation about whether there should be sterner across the board. But based on the regulations, based on recent precedent, that's, that, that's probably a roundabout fair. He's trying to hinge the hips. He's crouching a bit. He's just going in with a bit too much force with his shoulder and a couple of inches too high. But it's not a, a, a really terrible tackle that should see Farrell ruled out for the Six Nations. So from that point of view, I think the ban is roundabout fair. But the whole mechanism of how the panel get there, how it's relayed to the public via us, that's all something that definitely can be improved, I think. I guess that's the confusion really, Chris, isn't it? The, the How they got there and, and the mitigating factors that you mentioned, just looking at some of them here. So the panel reasoned one bad tackle back in 2016 shouldn't be considered as it happened too far back to mm. see Farrell listed as a repeat offender. Uh, and then, of course, there's other, uh, his good conduct at the hearing uh, as well was mentioned in a reference from his coach. Uh, Mark McCall went in his favour, as did Farrell calling the, the, the player, the Gloucester player, to, to apologise. So uh, I guess the mitigating factors is something that has raised a few eyebrows, but I guess that's the way in which the panel got to their conclusion in the end. 
Yeah, and, and, and those are the, those are the law, laws, those are the, the regulations. You might not like the fact that pretty much every ban immediately leads to 50% mitigation. You might not like that, and I can definitely understand why people wouldn't like that. But the reality is a lot of bans, the vast majority, do get halved. 50% mitigation because of a guilty plea or good conduct at the hearing or a good recent record. Farrell hasn't got this 50% mitigation because of the tackle he made on Charlie Atkinson in 2020. He's not got the 50%. The six has come down to four rather than down to three. So anyone going that Owen, anyone going, oh, Owen Farrell, his previous hasn't come into it. That's not true. It has. It's added a week slash added a game onto his ban. You could say he needs to go back to 2016. That is a long time ago now. You could say, oh no, it's Owen Farrell. He's always tackling high. He's always tackling recklessly. Well, there is that school of thought and Owen Farrell seems to wind fans up, especially outside England, like no other player really in this part of the world. However, the panel can't go, oh, he's got a bad rep on social media. Let's give him another week. The reality is, or the facts are, he's got one ban in his career in 2016. That was retrospective. He's got one ban in 2020. He's got this ban now. And it started to cost him because it's added a week on. And if he commits another one in the next, say, five years, which will be the rest of his career, he won't get that extra two weeks mitigation. He might get one week. It might be aggravating and, and add another one on. So, yeah, it, it is ever so slightly catching up with Farrell. I do understand why there's frustration out there that, that Farrell has got a bit of a track record. Um, but equally, the panel can't just look at, at the angst on social media and, and bring that into their deliberations. They've got to go, look, when has the guy been banned? We've got to trust the disciplinary process. Like it or not, the panel just have to go off the process and the precedent. Here's the one ban. That doesn't count. It's nine years ago or whatever. Um, or, or, yeah, long time ago, seven years ago. This one's more recent. That does count. And here's today. So, yeah, I, I completely understand about the messaging. I completely understand about the process needing perhaps an overhaul. But the panel are only going off what the, the, the regulations are. And that's how they've got to this conclusion. And Chris, do we know what tackling school looks like for these players? Like, I find it quite hard to understand, obviously, professional players. You know, Owen is 31 years of age, playing a long time to go to tackling school at this part of yeah. his career. <laughs> does he learn anything? Does he really change his game? I suppose it's a bit like us going on a, a, a driving course or a speed awareness course. You know, when you've been driving 20 years, you probably shouldn't need to be told how to do that. But yeah, I, I, I suppose what we can't, and I've seen this argument made really well across various platforms, we can't lament players' technique um, in this era where clearly everyone is incredibly um, conscious of high tackles, of head contact and of the um, debilitating consequences of concussions and brain injury. We can't lament technique and then when there is um, something brought in to try and improve technique, you know, dismiss it as being, you know, a little bit trivial or, 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 or a little bit futile. I think on the whole, it, you know, they're not sitting in a classroom as such. They're going and working with a coach, showing some videos, talking through their technique. I know a few people have done it. And actually, the reoffending rate is pretty low. So, yeah, I think we've maybe got to give this tackling school initiative a bit of a chance. I do understand why people are saying, oh, it's just a way to reduce bands, mitigation, tackle school. A six-week tackle comes down to two. I definitely see that argument. And I definitely see the argument that it's getting really confusing about what counts as meaningful matches. Unions, clubs, I mean, trying to game the system for 
ages on this, trying to say, oh, that's a, a seven-a-side game we're playing in training. That's meaningful. And the paddle have to be really, really careful not to fall for that for that trick. And there have been a few instances in England of a player um, getting off, you know, getting a two-week ban, and then arguing that two matches in the same week both count. They've never played in both. So that's something the panel have always got to be aware of. But when it comes to tackling school, yeah, I think maybe we, we've got, got to give it a chance. And he is 31. And I suppose on the one hand, we can't go, he needs to improve his technique but also say, oh, here's here's something that's come in to try and improve his technique. Let's just, just, just throw it out the window. So we'll see how it goes, and we'll see if it has any bearing on Farrell's technique in the future. Chris, great stuff as always. Really appreciate the time. Thanks a million for joining us. No problem. Have a good one. Cheers, guys. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.